1: everyone and welcome to the program where if we had 14 million dollars we probably wouldn't be interested in Oprah's 43 acre estate she's selling but out of our 14 million we might take 1 million and buy Donald Trump's helicopter that we could use today on the program we have no guest and we will probably not have a guest for a few weeks as there's a deep dive subject that's been coming up with several of the prospects who contact me asking a little bit about how i work with the organizations that i have as clients and things of that nature so i thought doing a deep dive over the next couple of weeks on what i call the big eight The big eight are critically important to your manager and leadership career, as well as being an entrepreneur and a business owner. And it's the big eight categories that I focus on when I work with CEOs and business owners from an organizational standpoint. I'm going to do some overviews. So as we get into these categories, they're very individualized and customized for specific clients that I work with. So there are very specific reasons why we do certain things within these specific categories. And that's a proprietary process that I have, and I won't be sharing those specific things. Just know that when we get a client organization to work with, these processes and these thoughts and frameworks that I'll be giving an overview on, they are tailored exactly for the organization that I'm working with. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into two, the first two of those big eight categories on today's program. The first one will be strategy, and the second one will be structure, and we'll be doing that coming up. The program today is sponsored, as always, by University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Stand by big area number one of the big eight strategy is next on Better Than Before.
0: Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Master Coach Tony Richards. And as we said in the onset of today's program, we're going to be giving overviews in these big eight categories that I use to help diagnose, plan, and execute for the organizations that I coach and that I work for. And so the first big area is strategy. Now, strategy is one of those words that people throw around. A lot of times I notice people, they say, well, it's my strategy when they're actually talking about their tactics. And so, yeah, a lot of times they don't know the difference between a strategy or objectives or tactics, and they just use the all-encompassing word. It's like talking about a copier and you call it a Xerox machine, right? You just call everything Xerox or you call every tissue a Kleenex. And so strategy in its most basic form, is your thinking plan of operating in the marketplace to generate your top-line revenue number. Let me say that again. It's your thinking plan of operating in the marketplace to generate your top-line revenue number. And so, you're probably not the only one to think about moving into a specific marketplace area with a specific service or product. And so, There are a certain amount of customers that you call market share that will buy or use your product or service. And the percentage points of that market share adds up to 100, which means you would be serving all of the customers. And hardly any company ever has 100% market share. But strategy is how you're going to capture a large percentage of the marketplace and have them pay you for your product or service, which we call the top line revenue number. Here's a key point in putting a strategy together for your company, and it's this. Your organization's strategy should provide a unique and valuable position in your marketplace, which the marketplace is also something that should be defined, by the way. and. Your strategy should be able to be communicated and stated in one phrase or sentence. In other words, you ought to be able to sum up your complete strategy in one sentence. And that's the primary function of what your strategy is supposed to be doing. Now, there are a lot of other elements to putting together an effective strategy, such as it could be a strategic map of the competitive landscape where you've mapped out all your competitors, their market position, their market share, maybe a definition both demographically and psychographically of their customers, which you use then to counter strategize and how to approach that marketplace. Also, what your particular core customer is going to be from a demographic and a psychographic profile how you plan to differentiate yourself in the marketplace and make yourself unique and different and get that into your core customer's selection process. It should also talk a little bit about how you plan to align your operational systems. We call that their structure, and we'll be talking about that coming up in our next segment. It should talk a little bit about your core economic engine. That should be clearly defined, how you plan to make top-line money. And what your next few scales look like. And this is something that a lot of people don't spend any time on. But let's say your plan is wildly successful and you start growing like crazy. You're going to have to have a baseline structure when you start out in the market, and you're going to have to have a structure that can be flexible and can be grown and added on to so that you can scale upward. And this catches a lot of people off guard. They're trying to operate an organization that's rapidly growing with the same people, the same roles, and the same functions they did when they were a million or $2 million less. And that just doesn't fly. It won't work. It'll cause an amazing amount of pain because you're going to get into misalignment in your structure because you're overloading it. And success is a very poor teacher. Let me say that again. Success is a very poor teacher because as long as you're successful, you don't really learn very much until it gets to be painful and almost too late. And then the lessons that come from success become very valuable and very costly. So your strategy should also declare your clear intentions over the next three, five, 20 years. What does that mean? Well, are you planning to keep and expand? Are you planning to sell at a certain level or Are you planning to just simply survive? And a lot of companies say they're planning for success, but really in the back of their minds, they know they're just going to be part of the mediocre middle. They don't really have any plan or any initiative or any ideas to take them to the upper echelon of the market. So you can just be an organization that stops growing somewhere in the middle to the lower side of the pack, and you're just going to be slightly profitable enough to keep going, but without too much marketplace disruption. And that thought process usually starts with the president or CEO with a sentence that starts with something like, well, all we're trying to do is service our customers and make 5% or make 3% or just enough to give out cost of living raises or You can tell that they're part of the mediocre middle, right? Because nothing much changes there. And year one flows into the next year and the next year flows into the next year and so on. And they become the training ground for upper organizations for the better employees and the lesser employees go to the bottom tier companies, because if they couldn't make it in the middle company, then they go to the bottom tier or have to go to another market. The higher level employees they either become loyal and stay in the mediocre middle or they get really good and the top tier company, then they go after them or they decide to leave the mediocre middle and go to the top company. Either way, your top line employees, unless they are extremely loyal, they're not going to stay there and settle for being mediocre The idea for a top performer to be a big fish in a small pond sounds good, but after experiencing it for a while, they really want to play with other top line players. They look at all the super teams in the NBA, all the best players want to play with the other best players. So a lot of times the mediocre middle can't hold them. I won't go into too much depth beyond this, as far as how to do strategy. Like we do it, our systems, as I said earlier, they're proprietary and our client firms pay me quite a bit to use those and to give my expertise as far as strategy for their organization is concerned. But at the same time, I feel like I've given you several points here in just a couple of minutes that you can spend some time thinking about. And that's a good subject. Also, I recommend every CEO that I work with and every executive I coach to spend anywhere from one to three hours of strategic thinking every single week. I do it for my practice, and I believe CEOs and business leaders should do that much at a minimum. When you're in the teeth of your strategic thinking and executing planning season, you're going to spend quite a bit more time than that. But the good thing is, if I'm your coach and I'm your advisor, you're going to have very effective frameworks to help you organize your thoughts, and you're going to have a process to guide your thinking and planning outcomes. So you're going to get into that habit of one to three hours a week of strategic thinking and down the road you're not going to be able to remember how you were ever successful without doing it so that's an overview of the first important area of the big eight big area one is strategy coming up big area number two is structure and that's next on better than before
0: receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday morning coaching memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday morning coaching memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to better than before this is Tony Richards and the next couple of weeks we're going to be going through what I call the big eight areas that I work with when talking and coaching and uh, being a business advisor to the CEOs and business owners I work with and in the previous segment we covered strategy now we're going to move to structure. And I love what Ray Dalio, he is the CEO and president of Bridgewater Associates, and they are a private equity and investment firm. He says this about structures. He says, whether it's a business, an economy, an equity market, a currency, they're all machines. And like all machines, they have a purpose. They have parts, and those parts work a certain way. And if the machine is set up to work properly, it can be very effectively managed and work to produce the desired outcomes. And that's exactly right. If there's something wrong with the machine and it's not producing the expected outcome, you have to diagnose the issue or problem as soon as possible and fix the machine. So when I talk about structure to clients, it's very similar to what Dalio is saying. Structure always follows your strategy. So you have strategic thinking and you have execution planning and part of that execution planning has to be your structure. It actually crosses over almost every other of the big areas because your strategy is designed to produce a certain top line revenue outcome. And the way to turn those ideas and plans into reality is to build a machine to utilize those plans and produce the outcome. So structure is essentially building the production machine for your organization. Not from a people standpoint, from a parts and practicality and structural standpoint, right? Never try to build your structure with people's names. Build it with, like what Jim Collins points out, seats on the bus. When you start putting names in the seats on the bus, you get biased, and your vision becomes blurry, and you get influenced. So, essentially, just build the machine without the people part. So inside that structure is going to be systems processes and policies that can put guardrails on your strategic plans to make sure that engine has a good road to run on. So if you think about it, a road has mile markers, speed requirements, both minimum and maximum for certain areas, and it has lanes to make sure you're within the limits of the strategic road. And then if you have that good road, then the engine can be maximized to travel that road at maximum efficiency. And structure is going to give your employees a lot of clarity, and they will see how the machine works. They will see how their part of the machine is supposed to work. So they can come into work every day and know their specific job contributes to the outcome the entire organization is trying to produce. This is extremely important for employee morale, I'm telling you. Organizational charts, you know, can organize workflow and can make sure important tasks are completed on time. And you need a chart that shows how the machine is built. You need a schematic. And just as we mentioned in our strategy segment a couple of minutes ago, structure needs to have some thought put into it as far as 3, 5 and 10 year scalability because if our strategy is continually successful, especially if it exceeds beyond our wildest dreams, and what kind of structural changes are we going to need to make in order to ensure we have the support to make sure we can comfortably and successfully execute our strategy. Now, we got to make sure that we have what we need to enhance customer and shareholder value. Because we need to deliver an exceptional customer experience. We need to deliver our product and service the best way possible so that the customer experience at every touch point of our organization is done at a superior performance level. And you can spend a lot of time thinking about that right there. I would just say then that the last aspect of strategy and structure then that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but it's an essential element in the thinking of the execution and strategy from my standpoint is to make sure that you have a specific talent. Now this is after the machine is built, right? So you've determined the strategy thinking plan. You're now almost finished with the execution plan. The structure, the schematic has been drawn and all laid out. And now in very specific areas of your execution and your structure, you got to have what I call an A player that has elite performing manager skill sets in a lead role, and I call that role the driving force. That is the talent who manages the strategy and keeps the team accountable for the measurable success of the strategy. And there are several places in the structure now that are very important points where we have to execute at a very high level And we need to have what we call the driving force in those seats in the bus. And you think about this as you cross over from this area to the next area, which is talent. But I wanna make sure I mention it here at the closing parts of our thought process on structure because I advise clients not to even consider launching or even trying to execute any kind of strategy or tactics without that driving force in place. And again, the driving force is that A player, that elite performing manager in the lead role of particular parts of the structure to make sure that it runs right and beyond expectations. So that's going to lead us to next week's two parts of the Big Eight. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, area number three, which is talent, and area number four, which is execution. And a lot of people, what they do is, They put talent in before they even get the structure. Well, we know Randall's going to be here. Well, I wouldn't do that. I would make sure the whole thing was built so you can stand back and look at it and make sure the machine is right before you start putting people's names on it. The only time you start putting people's names on it is when it's finished and you're moving from then structure to talent. That's when the first thing you need to put in is your driving force or you need to identify you don't have a driving force and you're going to have to recruit one. That's a very, very important thing. I just cannot tell you how many times people have just assumed certain talent names would go in certain spots and you got to fight that off until you get the structure done. And as you move then into the talent section, which is next, you want to then put your driving forces in. So next week we'll talk about talent and we'll also talk about execution as we continue our journey on some broad overviews of my big eight. That's our show today. Better than before is sponsored by university, Subaru, university, Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards Four. you can come over and join our free Facebook page, Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, at tony richards special thanks as always to our producer the talented tessa hall until we visit again next week when we review more of the big eight i'm your host tony richards reminding you that everything gets better when you get better